0: So we, we're up to Akedat Yitzchak. Right, the Parashat Ha'akeda. This is the section which most Sfaradi Sidurim begin with a title, Tzfilat Shachrit. Um, it's in all, virtually all the Sidurim. It's in it's Ashkenaz Sidurim. It's in uh, Sfarad Sidurim, Sfaradi. Yeah, but Tzfilah Elkhana is put in some Sidurim as the beginning of Shachrit, but it doesn't really go- yeah, but it, it doesn't really belong there because it was, it was almost accidentally put at the beginning of Shachrit. I think we discussed that a week or two ago that it was, it's a nice thing to say, but it's not like, it doesn't have a real, it doesn't have a real backbone or source. Um, it's a, yeah. Right. It's, it's more recent though. It's like a chida. It's, it's much more of a, more, two, three hundred years, it's a more recent edition. <laughs> The surprising—it goes back to our great, great, great grandparents. Yeah, <laughs> I, wouldn't I wouldn't know that far. The, the, the surprising thing about Parashat HaKedah is that it's also not that old. One would think that saying Parashat Hakedah is something sourced, you know, all the way back. But the the most recent source for saying Parashat Hakedah is the tour. and that's only seven—what is seven, six hundred years old. Um, the first place that we see in any of the of the... <coughs> it's not found in any of the earlier Sidurim. You're not going to find it in Machsar Vitri. You're not going to find it in any of the early... The the Sidur of Amram. Not there. The first person who ever recommends saying it is a tour, and he says as follows. I, I didn't print this part out because it's it's so short. Betov Lomar. This is uh, the first Siman of Shulchan Aruch, number Hey. Lomar, Parashat Parashat ha-man, He lists a whole bunch of things that it's good to say in the morning. HaKedah, the Parashat the V'Asrat Dibrot, Parashat ha-kabanot and then parashat olam and chashmim and all those things that's it that's literally the first early source that we have for parashat akitah the tor himself it's very surprising because why would the tor invent this um, he you know he was he is one of the greatest of the the late rishonim so obviously his opinion is respected but it is surprising that he is the first source for this however since he was one of the first halachic sources which gained tremendous um, influence therefore this spread between Sfaradim, Ashkenazim, uh, everybody was this. It was, it was written in Shulchan Aruch that this is how we do it. We, we start with... Uh, it's recommended to start with the Akhidah. Again, recommended. This is why a lot of people skip it when they don't have time in the morning because it's only a recommendation. So the source it's, is the tour. He's the one who recommends it. Now, his reason for it, we don't know for sure. Okay. It's interesting, though, that the Seder Hayom, the, um, the Rabbi Moshe bin Mechir, his, he has a version of the Zohar which we don't have. And in his version of the Zohar, the Zohar itself recommends saying it every day. Our version of the Zohar that I've seen, the old prints, the new prints, they don't have that. It would be very, very interesting if the tour was coming from that Zohar, but we have no proof of that. Uh, we'll see the Zohar soon, but uh, his, his version of the Zohar says um, something along the lines of, and, and, and if Jews say this every day, it'll protect them from harm. We don't have that, but it would be interesting if that's where the tour got it. Once We'll, we'll look, hopefully, more at the at the theme of, of um, the significance of Parsha HaKedan. Maybe we'll figure it out more. But a bunch of reasons have been offered. So the Beit Yosef, right here, he offers two reasons. First of all, he says, The first reason to say it is to remember the Zuchut vot, the merit of our forefathers, when we start praying. The second reason, gam that we should uh, submit our inclinations to serve Hashem, just like Yitzchak Avinu was Moser nefesh, gave his 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 life away, was willing to give his life away for Hashem. Those are the two reasons the Machaber gives. You could also say very simple that we Avramavinu Avinu instituted shachrit. So if you're going to start the tefillah, you might want to start it with something that has to do with Avraham Avinu. We saw Rachot, It said Avot uh, Tik perhaps we're starting it with Abraham because he was the one who's could be um, but let's look at what we have in the Sidur we'll, we'll look more at the theme soon in the Sidur it starts as follows it says <laughs> remember us with a good remembrance and remember us in a in a remembrance of of uh, salvation and mercy from the from the most highest ancient heavens. Remember for us the love of the the original ones, Avram the patriarchs of Adecha, your servants, at mentions three things. that you gave to Abraham on Now anyone who looks at this on a regular weekday is gonna totally Gloss over this and not recognize this tefillah, but this tefillah is completely stolen from the Musafa of Rosh, Rosh Hashanah. We say this every year in Musaf Rosh Hashanah. The first part of of the, of the, the, the introduction tachadata and the last part is basically just uh, ripped, you know, bootlegged. They, they they wanted to find an introduction for the first and for the beginning and the end, so they bootlegged it out of Musaf Rosh, Rosh Hashanah. This part of Rosh, Hashan- of the Rosh Hashanah Tefillah is called the Zichronot. Right, we have Malchiot, Zichronot, and shofar- Shofarot. We we blow we blow the uh, we blow the shofar three times. One for Malchiot, one Zichronot. this section is Zichronot, where we bring the remembrance of the Avot. So that section has in it Zachrenu b'Zichron tov Mekanecha. Remember us in, in with a with a good remembrance. That's the the section of of um of this part of. Of um, the Rosh Hashanah Tefillah. Now we could delve into this. I mean, every, every word here is dissectable because it was written by Dan Shiknesa Tagdola. I'm going to just delve into a few, a few, a few parts of it. Um, the the first interesting thing it says is that you should remember us, Shemey Shimei Kedem. Shimei Shimei kedem means the highest and most ancient heaven. So the It's Yosef Rosh Hashanah, by Rosh Hashanah, he brings. This idea that the, whenever it says Shemesh Mechedem in Nevi'im or in the Tefillah, it's referring to the, the what's called the eighth rakiyah. The We know that there's seven Rakias, that there's seven levels. The eighth Rakiah is one that we can't relate to because it existed before the other seven were created. It's not relatable to us, but there's such a Rakiah, there's such a firmament, a heaven. So Shemesh Kedem refers to remembering us from all the way back, all the, giving us a Zicharon to this. Area, this idea of the the highest, highest heaven, the Malbim in in uh, Tihilim, uh, the 8th brings a pasuk in Yecheskel which talks about specifically this rakia. The the it's in um, Parak Aleph Chaf and in Tehillim, the Malbim explains the the pasuk says who rides on the highest heaven, and he explains that the eighth. The 8th rakia refers to Hashem's, uh, just like every time we use the number 8, it refers to above Teva. This also refers to Hashem's Hanhagah, Hashem's uh, behavior above Teva. In other words, forgive us even though we don't deserve it. That's the idea of, of invoking Mishimei Shemekedem. Now, in the Akedah, actually, I just thought this would be interesting, it actually mentions... It has a mention of the seven rakyas. And where does it do that? It does that all the way at mm-hmm. the end. Here we go. Not the Avraham Hahu. And Avraham called that place Hashem Hashem um, was was seen. Hashem's Hashem shall present shall be there. Which is said today in which uh, up until this day is called in the mountain where Hashem's presence is seen. So the Gros speaks about this. He says, what is, what is this idea that the mountain is called the place where Hashem's presence is seen? So he brings this, Psiktar Abati, You could, it's, I printed it out for you. Psiktar is a medrash. It's a long medrash, so I'm just going to go through it really quickly. Basically what the medrash says is that when Hashem first created the world, Hashem brought his Shekhinah all the way down to the, to the physical earth. Then there was a succession of, of um, sins, which sent the Shekhinah higher and higher away from earth. And then, starting with Avram Avinu, it brought it all the way back down. So, Davara HaKer Kalot Moshe. The first Psikot Rabatih begins with Moshe Rabbeinu finishing the Mishkan. <laughs> when, when Moshe Rabinu finished uh, the Mishkan, um, the Shekhinah rested in it. So that was the final, the final ending when he brought the Shechinah all the way back down. So this is what the Medrash says. It says, "Rav Amar, davar shleinu var ba'olam elachshav mishnevar ha'olam, shloshartah shechinah b'tachtonim. The Shechinah did not, from when the world was created, the Shechinah did not dwell among the the lower lands. Mishu kam hamishkan shartah shechinah." When the Mishkan was built, the Shekhinah came to the lower to the to the, to the lower world. Shimon Yochai says, "This is the the What is it? What, what, why does the pasuk say Because um, it was, and then it paused, and then it returned to how it used to be. at. Sorry, as it rested. Originally, Hashem's presence was in this world, as it says that He heard Hashem's voice inside the garden. This is when Adam Rishon was in the in the in the in the in the, in the garden. Chata Adam Rishon. Adam Rishon did a sin. Nistalakas shechina l'orkiyah Rishon. The shechina went up one level to the to the first orkiyah. Amad Cain v'harag le'achav. Cain committed his sin by killing his brother. Nistalakas orkiyah sheini. It went up to the second orkiyah. Amad Dor Enosh v'chato. V'chatu asu chalakroba shem hashem as the pasuk says. V'nistalakas orkiyah shishi went up to a third. Amdu Dor Hamabul v'chatu. The Dor Hamabul came and with the flood and they sinned. As it says in the pasuk, went up to the fourth. The the Dor Haflaga who built the tower it went. They caused it to go up even further away from Earth to the fifth rukia. The Sedomites, the they they um, they came and sinned. The Shekhinah went even further away from Earth to the sixth rakia Sheyochotim as the pasuk says. Plishtim. Then the Plishtim came, Sarah, because mm-hmm. Avimelach stole Sarah, the Plishtim um also sinned with Avimelach and the incident of Sarah and it went up to the seventh Rakia. And then the opposite happened. Ba Avraham Ma Avraham came and and bestowed uh, Chesed on the world, kindness on the world, It went down from seven to six. By Yitzhak, Upashat Savarga Bem isbeak Yitzhak came and put his neck on the altar. Viadam and Hashishi La Khamishi went down from six to five. By Yakov and Atel Ohalim Lit Torah. Yaakov came and started Yeshivot and and brought Torah into this world. Kemoshekatov Viakov Ish Tamioshev Ohalim. Viada Shina Mi Chamishila Via and the Shina went down lower from the fifth to the fourth. Bal Levi Gahita Mish Mirivi doesn't say why or how, but Levi, the shev, uh, the, the famous Shevet at Levi, he came and he brought it from the fourth to the third. Baqihat, his son, brought it from the from the third to the second. Again, he doesn't explain why or how. Ba Amram, shown, Amram came and brought it to the first rakia. Amram was the leader of Klaisrael, uh before Mosherainu, the Gadol Hadar, so to speak, and he brought it down to the first. Ashrehem um, tza hatzadikim. This is Rashi talking. Shehem hashchinim hashchina be'aretz shochen. Praised are the righteous people who dwell, who bring the shchina into the land where where it deserves to dwell. Kitiv ki sharimish kenu aretz. For the righteous dwell in the land. Finally, ba Moshe v'horidal le'mata. Moshe came and brought the shchina all the way back into our world, katab as it says in the Fasuk, and the Anan, the cloud, covered the Ohel, and, and the presence of Hashem filled the Mishkan. The rest of the Midrash, I'm not going to read in Hebrew, but basically what it says is, what do you mean? How could the Shekhinah fill the Mishkan? I thought the Shekhinah is everywhere. Right, so it gives a mashal. It says, what happens if there's a cave right next to an ocean? And then the ocean rises up and it fills the cave. Does the ocean lose any water? No. So the same way, the, the Shekhinah can fill the the Mishkan and it, it in itself does not lose any of its uh, any of its omnipotence. It, it's still everywhere. That's the idea of the Psittar B'Athi. So says the G'ra something fascinating. He says that why does it say in the Pasuk amar, that Avraham Avinu called it Hashem Yehra'e ye 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 which is said today in the mountain where Hashem's presence is seen. He says that Moshe Rabbeinu Mepi Avura, Moshe Rabbeinu was writing almost a thank you or an honorific to Avraham Avinu. Moshe Rabbeinu saying I've finished what you started. That Avramavinu Avinu was the first to bring Hashem's presence onto Har Moriah. On Har Moriah he started the Akedah. And he was the one who um, who brought the presence from the seventh down to the sixth. Moshe Rabbeinu said I'm finishing it here and I'm bringing... I'm going to bring the Shekhinah down to the earth and I'm finishing what you started. Hayom, meaning today in my time, I bring the Shekhinah all the way down. That's what the gra says. And that's how we see the idea of the, the rakiyas in the Parashat HaKidah. Okay, so a little back. Let's. We're done with Shemei Shemei sheme Kedem. The next words that I want to look at is in the closing, just really quickly. Um, in the closing, it says, This is a paraphrasing. When we finish the we say, we say this, we say this, that just like Avramavinu conquered his own mercy to do Your will with a full heart, so too should Your mercy conquer Your anger, and Your mercy should overcome your uh, other attributes, your midot. And you should behave with us with chesed and rachamim. That's, that's the way it says it. So v'yigolu can mean a few things, but it can mean to reveal, it can mean to stir your emotions, it can mean to overwhelm. In, in, um, in what parashah says, it's miketz. When, when Yosef, it says, I think achamav. when Yosef became uh, overwhelmed and he had to run away from his brothers to go cry, it says, And the Targum says, I believe, because it overcame his emotions. And the, um, I believe the Targum Yerotan learns that it means to stir the emotions, but means to overwhelm. So basically the idea is that, that the Rachmanut is going to overwhelm the Kass. The so we've seen this idea before, especially when we spoke about Yihir um, Ratzon the what it means that there's Ratzon in front of Hashem. In Brachot, there's a, there's a famous Gemara Brachot, I think we looked at together, where it says, how do we know that Hashem prays? That Hashem prays to who? God, who's God praying to. and brings. So I'll bring you a raya that Hashem prays from a b'aitah. The b'aitah says that Rabbi Ishmael Kohen Gadol walked into the Kodesh HaKadashim on Yom Kippurim. And what did he see? He said he saw a katriel Hashem uh, Katzevakot. Uh, he, saw, he, saw he saw a manifestation of Malach of Hashem in the Kodesh HaKadashim. And was praying and it said, I forgot. I, have, I don't have the lashon in front of me. That uh, That my that my chesed should o- should should overwhelm should overcome my 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 rachamim. Um, and he, and then and then Hashem told him, "Yishmal bless me." This idea. Is a very complicated one to understand that Hashem could pray to Himself. What we understand of it is that there's a lower manifestation of Hashem Shichina, which is appealing or reaching out to a higher one, and summoning it, trying to say, um, "Let's behave in this manner instead of behaving in a different manner." Hashem is um, introspecting, so to speak, and Hashem is trying to to um, <laughs> to decide to guide Klal in to to this to guide. The nation of Israel in one manner instead of the other, but there's an even deeper understanding of this gemara. Why would the gemara tell us something like this? Why would it tell you that Hashem prays? Like, what is that useful for us? That's that's very kabbalistic. Why is it useful for us to know that Hashem has some sort of prayer? So when we learned in the first year, we learned that prayer is more than just asking for things. So Hashem is not praying when we when we're truly davening. What we're really doing is we're work. We're meditating on our self. And when I say self, I mean that in a technical sense. We're meditating on who we are as people and what our true will is, what our true desire is. What is it that we truly need? What is it that we truly want in our lives? And we try to bring Hashem's presence into us. True prayer is bringing Hashem into your life. It's trying to see Hashem in your life and trying to align your will with Him. You want to not just get what you want. You want to see Hashem in your life and you want Hashem to give you what He wants. You want Hashem to do what's best for you. And that's really ancillary. All you really want is Hashem in your life. Hashem doing what is best for you is an ancillary, is almost like a memela. It's nice. You don't have to get what you want to accomplish true prayer. So true prayer is aligning your will with Hashem's will. Therefore, the Mikubalim say that when you're really praying it's almost like Hashem is praying and, not you are, and you're not. It's called, it's called that Hashem is praying through your mouth. An example of this, yeah, something like that. It's a very high level. But an example of this is in the Torah. It's Merumaz it's, it's in the Torah. It's hinted to in the Torah once or twice. Like, for example, when Ve'yigash Yehuda, Veigash is one, one of the meanings of Veigash, is that he comes forward in tefillah. And you know what he says? In me is my God. Meaning, I have prayed to the degree that Hashem's words are coming through my mouth and that was game over for Yosef. That was absolutely game over because once he reached that level of tefillah, Yosef was going to lose. That's why, that, that's, that's this concept of praying to a, to a degree where Hashem's will is your will. So Hashem's will is coming out of your mouth. And it's not simply your will. When you're praying and you're saying the words that you want to see Hashem, in, when you want to see Hashem as a rahman, as a Rofe, as all these things, it's Hashem praying through your mouth. That's a very high level of tefillah. Yes. Um, does it take your free will away? I don't think so, no. I mean, you need will in order to to want anything, right? If you want it to come closer to Hashem, that's, it, that's intrinsically your will, right? Um, could it be self-serving? Yes. Uh, there, there's different levels of getting higher to Hashem, getting closer to Hashem. There's, you know, we've spoken about. I don't know if we've spoken so much about Sadiq or Hasid or gaver or all these different levels that are described. The highest, for example, let's say you wanna you wanna get closer to Hashem because you're a spiritual person and you love Hashem's presence. Now that's a wonderful, beautiful thing, and you, there's no doubt you're gonna be a holy person if you if you seek holiness. But if you think about that, that's a little bit self-serving. Because at the same time, you enjoy Hashem's presence. The absolute highest level of serving Hashem is known as eved, a servant. A servant does it simply because it's the will of his master, not because of any personal gain. Moshe was called an (coughs) eved. Abraham, Mitzhak, Yaakov, these were called avadim. These were the highest level fellows. These were, that's, that's the highest absolute level where you do it because you're submitting simply to Hashem's will. Okay. That's so much for w- this whole section of Yegolu Rachamecha. It's really more of a Rosh Hashanah uh, discussion. It's just funny that we're coming across it here. This whole idea of uh, conquering, you know, din with Rachamim, really a Rosh Hashanah discussion. But this is something we could take a little piece of Rosh Hashanah with us all year. Yeah, we could take a piece of Rosh Hashanah along with us all year and every day. It has the power to protect us from harm, as the. As the uh, Seder HaYom brought, um, and lastly, there is in the Sfardi version. This is much longer. You see, it goes on for an entire page. Ashkenazim have it much shorter. They just they just bootleg the uh, the the section from Rosh Hashanah. Sfaradim they add a humongous amount of Psukim. I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but if you go through every pesuk, what it's doing is that it's trying to say that. Yitzchak Avinu, Avinu did this Yitzhak Avinu did that Then Yaakov Avinu did that It's trying to draw the zakut of the Akedah All the way down to the final Geulah It's, it's bringing pasuk after pasuk That Hashem protected Avraham Then Yitzchak, then Yaakov And then He protects us through the Galut And then He took us out of Mitzrayim And then uh, Moshe brought us um, And then uh, Hashem Then He brought us to Eretz And then He took us out of Eretz And He's going to save us even in troubled times, and he's finally going to bring us the Gula Shema. That's, that's, that's the idea of bringing Pasuk after Pasuk here. But there's really no time to to analyze each one. Um, briefly, you'll see a Yehir in the Sephardi ones, in small. Uh, there's a small Yehir of Fanecha Shem Right, so that, that was written by the Chidach himself. He put it in the Sefer... Uh, uh, what do they say? Kosher Megudal, yeah. Megudal, right? He has he has a sefer where he wrote that he wrote this extra tefillah, and so some people say it, uh, some don't, and v'shachatotah we'll talk about it in a second. Okay, so now, wonderfully, uh, it's our luck that this week's parasha is parashat Dekedah. So you're probably going to hear a lot more about that kedah throughout the week, throughout Shabbat and the week, and whatever. But importantly. I want to walk away with just what is the the theme of the Akeda. So, first we'll look at it at a bit of a deep level, and then we'll look at it at more of a simple level. Because so I think it's good for the Tefillah to get a background of, of the, the deeper understanding of what the Akedah accomplished. So, there's a Zohar about it. Well, we spoke about the Tikkuneha Zohar, right? The ha Zohar is a section of Zohar, the rectifications, that has 70 Pirushim on the word Bereshus. One of the Purushim on the word barachus is bara taish, that Hashem created the goat, the the lamb, that Hashem created from the shechetim ebrachit the lamb for the akedah, and it goes over there and it and it explains. This is the one that cedar hayom brings. It explains the importance and the gravity of the akedah. So what he says there is very interesting, but it requires a bit of an introduction. One of the fundamentals of Kabbalah are the Sefirot, right? So of the, of the seven lower ones, the first three are Chesed, Givura, and Tiferet. So these are three manifestations of how Hashem behaves and uh, behaves with the world, how Hashem gives His light to our, to our world. Chesed as a Sefirah, the way it operates from what we can understand is pure, total giving, altruism to an nth degree, Chesed's power, Chesed's function really, is a function where it gives, 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 almost to a fault. Unstoppable giving. Just gives. Givura, on the other hand, is the power of restraint. It stops giving. It takes away it takes away from the giving. It's stop gapping and preventing any um, light to continue coming that's its function lower than that you have Tifet not lower whatever under that you have Tiferet Tiferet is a harmony between the two so we know Abraham Avinu was the paradigm of Chesed he gave and gave and gave and gave he gave Chesed to the world Yitzchak Avinu was Givurah. he could overcome anything his, he, he could be Moser Nefesh he could had complete self-control he could restrain every bit of his desires anything complete self-control the Yaakov was the perfect harmony between the two. This is why he was inside and outside was the same. <coughs> he was an ishamet. He was a person who was true. He represented the Torah, which was in and out, totally, completely true. There's no tocho uh, we say. His inside is like his outside. That was the, the, the perfect harmony between chesed and Givurah. Chesed is also spoken of as rachamim, as mercy and because it's again giving beyond measure and givurah is also sometimes spoken of as din because givurah gives the ability for finitude finitude to exist in the world if it was if it wasn't for givurah there would be no limitations there'd be no way for Chesed to have any limits so so givurah is the power to limit things and therefore it's called called din It's the power to take away and to limit, so it's called din, it's called judgment. So what the Zohar says is that Abraham Avinu, what he accomplished at the Akedah was to bind din, to bind Gevura with Chesed on a a Kabbalistic level. If you think about it, we should be calling this not Akedat Yitzchak. Why do Chazal always call it Akedat Yitzchak? It should be called Korban Yitzchak. It should be called the sacrifice of Yitzchak, and yet there's one small detail of the story where it says, "And he bound his son." So he told him, "Okay." The Madras says he told me, "Told him, bind me because my body might shake." But that's a small detail of the story. It should be called Korban Yitzchak. Says the Zorah that what was happening is that Avraham Avinu was was for the future de- generations. He was he was taking the midah Hashem, called Chesed, and overpowering the midah. The so does so to speak and binding Gevura with Chesed making sure that Gevura was completely controlled by Chesed to the degree where Gevura was only at a measure where it would have function but it wouldn't overpower says the Zara that what happened was because of this that this that he says that this there is no incident he says in Jewish history which has saved more deaths and has brought more Rachmanut and more salvation to Klai Yisrael than Akeda. this single incident um, Saved countless millions of future lives and he says even very. I don't know why he puts this in but he says that Mashiach ben Yosef was originally was originally destined to die we have Mashiach ben David and Mashiach ben Yosef Mashiach ben Yosef's life was also saved by the Akedah Mashiach ben Yosef is not going to die because of the Akedah so there's to another in another um, way to look at it is that um, Yitzhak Avinu himself bound um, Hashem's will with His own Givurah. so you could call it akedat yisroch, because He bound Himself. He used His own Givurah to submit Himself to Hashem. That's another way of saying why it's called akedat ischak. I heard something once, very interesting, from Rabelski, though. I thought I would share because it's fascinating. Rabelski said that, and he was giving a she'er about something actually very different, but he was mentioning that in in Kabbalistic terminology, very often they speak of Givurah with a with a parable of a par. Or a char, a a a char like a like a par, a, a cow, or a bull. It's it's mentioned in the Makarva that whatever that that we we, we symbolize givurah with the par. So he says there's seventy levels. I don't know. I don't know what his source is. I've yet to find it. But he says there's seventy levels of Givurah. right? And the highest is one. The lowest is seventy. Meaning the hot. I'm sorry. There's 70 levels where Chesed can overpower Gevurah. So when you have, have Gevurah at one, that means that Chesed is overpowering it the most. When you have Gevurah at level 70, it's the least overpowered. He said this was the meaning of, uh, when Avraham Avinu prayed to Hashem and he said, When I am dust and ashes, I in pereish and aleph pereish. I was the one who took the world's gevura from the level of seventy par. You understand what I'm saying? Where I took chesed and I overpowered gevura from seventy par to echad aleph par afar ve'efar Ain par aleph par. I was the one who took. I was the one who took chesed and bound gevura to it to the degree where the world went from the level seventy to the level one. That's the significance of afar ve'ifer. Um... But anyway, <laughs> that was—that's a very, I'm sure, an oversimplified view of what was accomplished by Yisraq, But the paradigm of the the of the lesson of Parashat Akedah. There's many. There's countless lessons we can look at it for and study it for days and weeks and years. But the fundamental message that we walk away from with the Akedah is Monsieur, is misirut nefesh, and giving over one's life, giving over one's. Submission to the will of Hashem, that as Jews, we've spoken th- about this before at the problem of evil, that no matter what Hashem does, whether we understand it, whether we don't understand it, Avraham Avinu was able to accomplish this um, level where what Hashem does is what Hashem says is what I do no matter what. And the Sfarim say that this gave us the power through the generations. They, they almost say like it put it in our DNA that every Jew is willing to be born. <laughs> And is willing to die for Hashem. Jews that you wouldn't expect, especially in World War II, we saw many people who were secular all their lives, and they were willing to just walk out of their house and get shot because they were a Jew, and they weren't—they weren't, they weren't going to hide it. This it gave us almost a DNA of mitsirut nefesh of being willing to die for Hashem. So much so that the Mefrashim ask, like, um, the Mefrashim say that it's easier to die. Up, 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 um, for, for Kiddush Hashem than it is to live for Kiddush Hashem. And it's true. To, it, it's, 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 in some ways, it would be an easier decision for a person to, uh, that a person can make to die, I'll pi Kiddush Hashem. To die, you know, if someone says, okay, I bow to this idol or I shoot you, it's a pretty easy decision compared to, um, you know, don't go to a, <laughs> to a, a very raunchy football game. You know, to live with Kiddush Hashem is much harder than to, to die for Kiddush Hashem. But this was the strength that gave us our DNA to die for Kidush Hashem and to, to be Moser Nefesh. So now the next fascinating pasuk here is in middle of nowhere. By the, after we say the Akedah, um, there's an extra pasuk, and this is brought in the Shulchan Aruch. Shulchan Aruch says to say this. He says in Siifchet, in, in, uh, he says when you're... When you're done, he doesn't actually say after that kedah, but he says when you're done saying the korbanot, say this pasuk. And it's, I put it up here if, you, if it's not there. But bishachato to al mizbeach you should shecht the the ail on the mizbeach. This is talking about a korban a korban olah, and on the north side of the mizbeach before Hashem vizarkubene They should sprinkle the blood around around the mizbeach. That's what the, the Shulchan Aruch says that you should say after saying the korbanot. And why? Mepharshim say, because this uh, remembers the Akedah. Okay, fine. So there's a Midrash, they say that that, that um, there's a Midrash which says that this Pasuk remembers the Akedah. So what ended up happening was that instead of putting the Oto after um, the Korbanot, no one puts it there. And instead they put it directly after the Akedah. Instead of putting it after the Korbanot. This is what evolved. But technically from the Shulchan Aruch you should put it after the Korbanot. So what is this Midrash? So I printed it out. And I put it in front of you. Um, the this is brought by at first the first I believe it was the Taz who quotes who quotes Yehuda ben Ya'kar, which I have, but he doesn't. I didn't, I didn't find it in there that he brings it. This is a midrash in Veikrara ba' uh, Parak Bey's Yud Aleph, which is really Parak Aleph Yud Aleph. Okay, so look at this midrash. It's, it's absolutely incredible. So the midrash says v'shachat Ben ben habak et ben habakar. This is talking about the earlier, earlier in the in the pesukim by the olaf. If you brought a, 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 a ben abakar cattle, right? If you brought a, a, a calf, then you shecht it one way. Uba'il hu However, compares it to the ayil Uba'il Huomer al So if you bring a cattle, then you don't have to do it on the north side. But if you bring an ayil, it specifies that you have to bring it tzafon el hashem on the north side of this b'ach. From a very cryptic midrash. Amru b'sha'as ha'akada Avraham avinu at Yitzchak bino. From when Avraham did the akeda, when he, when he, um, at the moment that Avraham avinu was bound Yitzchak, his son, Hitzkin haKadosh Baruch shnei kivasim. Hashem made a takana that there should be two kivasim, two rams. Echad shel shachrit, one in the morning, which is known as the tamid shel. The, the the tamid of the morning, sorry, the um, and vechad shel shavit and the, the tamid shel shachar and the tamid shel benarbaim, the the kol lama and all of this why? Sheb'shash hayu tamid al gabim Mizbeach because when bnei yisrael are going to bring the tamid on the mizbeach, v'korinat mikrazen they read this pasuk zafon alafnei hashem zocher akadosh baruch hu akedat yitzchak hashem is going to remember akedat yitzchak why? Because we say north in front of hashem on the northern side in front of hashem. Meidani alayat Hashemayim ve'ata'ares. This is a midrash. You can look it up. We're looking at it. It says, "I I testify the heavens and the earth, ben goy, ben Israel. Whether it's a goy, whether it's a Jew, ben ish, ben isha. Whether a man, whether a woman, ben eved, ben amah, servant or maidservant. Korinat mikra hazek can say this pasuk tefan alafnei Hashem, zocher akadosh baruch hu akedat Yitzchak, and Hashem is going to remember the akedat Yitzhak for them at that time." the Pasuk says Tafon Alef Hashem North and of Hashem. what in the world is going on why is the Pasuk about North and of Hashem have anything to do with the Akedah so the Sefer Yitzira all of the sefirot are described in the Sefer Yitzira in different ways the earliest work of Kabbalah is one of the earliest works of Kabbalah is the Sefer Yitzira the way it describes the the um, the sefirot is it gives them a depth of Good, bad, high, low, uh, north, south. It gives them all different directions. Givurah is described as north. Givurah is called Safon. The Pasuk says in the, in the Nevi'im we find this too. It says, Mitzaphon <inaudible> in Yermiah. The Yermiah says that from the north the evil will open up. And what this means in the in a Pashut level is that Bavel is gonna come and invade Eretz Israel, that the Babylonians are gonna come invade Eretz Israel. What it means kabbalistically is that Hashem is going to come with Midat Givurah, which is Midat Hadin, because of Zafon, of the north. Why is so why is Givurah called Zafon, the North? So the word zafon actually means zafun to to contain, or hidden. And that's because it, Givura functions almost like a black hole. You could shoot infinite amounts of light into it, and still it sucks it up, and nothing happens. It has this incredible ability to contain Hashem's R and restrain it, and resist it, and contains, and contains, and contains, and contains Hashem's R. So it's called tzafun. It could be, it could, it could contain all of that power into it. So therefore, because the pasuk says, "Zafon alafnei Hashem." It's clear. The pasuk is clearly saying that the reason we bring an ayl, the reason we bring a tamid, which is an ayl, is because of the because of Yitzchak, because of Yitzchak who, rec- who, who represented Givurah. Safon alafnei Hashem is alluding straight to Yitzchak, who um, bound himself to Hashem with Givurah, and for this purpose, and because of this. Hashem made us bring an ayil, which is the same as the ram which was brought in his place. And we, the, in the Beit HaMikdash, we bring two ayils every day to commemorate that event and to bring Rachamim onto Bnei Israel. Why an ayil of everything? Ayil is the same letters as Aleph Yud, Keli, which is a shame of Hashem, which is specifically um, associated with Rachamim, with mercy. Uh, A'il is, is a remest, to one of Hashem's most powerful form of chassadim, Hashem's most powerful mercy. And so we bring an A'il to, re- to commemorate and to um, overpower Givurah with Rachmanut. That's the idea of Tzafon Alef Hashem. So this is incredible. Even a goy, if he's in trouble, <laughs> if he's being chased by the cops, by the police, he can say this pasuk, uh, <laughs> teach it to your nearest uh, goy. Uh, maybe it's because He can't really teach a goy Torah. All right, so now just one or two things. Um, the most poskim say that we do say Akedat Yishchak on Shabbat. Um, the Moroccans, many Moroccans do not say it on Shabbat. They skip it entirely. Some Ashkenazim will say Akedat Yishchak, but they won't say Zochreinu. They won't say the part which asks for Yeshua and Rachamim because Shabbat is a time where we have the merit of Shabbat. To protect us from any harm So we don't need Akedat Um Some will skip out Just like Yeshua veRachamim. It's interesting Everyone can do As their Hag is And Interestingly The Berhetev the He says something Very interesting From Rabbeinu Bachya And It's interesting That he brings it From Rabbeinu Bachya On Tzav Because he doesn't Really say this But He doesn't say it Regarding the Akedah But what he just, Basically What he does say Is that the whole point of saying the, he says there's no point in saying the unless you're paying attention to what you're saying. It's very harsh words to say, but he says that the, it's only going to be efficacious if you have in mind for what you're trying to accomplish. You're trying to remember the merit of your forefathers who were so power, who had such um, a powerful ability to submit themselves to your will, and I hope that their merit should. Should give us salvation, and also that we should learn from them. Like if we, you don't have enough kavanah to say that, to to understand that, and to think about that, and to pray for our salvation, he says there's, there's almost no point in saying it. And he brings a ra'yah. It says, like, uh, it says that someone who says Ashrei three times a day is is muftachloshu ben olam no. Everyone says ashray three times a day. It's only if you have kavana by ashray. If someone who has kavana by all three ashrays every day, that person's uh, someone who has, who's a ben olam abas. So, Hashem, if we do find ourselves with time in these fast minyanim to say kedah, when we do, we should pay attention to what we're saying and, you know, uh, draw down this zahut uh, of Abraham Avinu.